for blessing our children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you ready for the word of God? In Matthew. Yeah, okay. You got to get a little bit more excited. There's one person really excited and all of y'all are a little like, oh. Come on, get excited. <laughs> so who did you come here to hear? Yeah, that's right. You came to hear from the Lord. When you go to Walmart, you go and get your groceries. When you go other places, you go get other things. And maybe you go and hear them. You go to a concert, you hear them sing. But here, you've come to hear from the Lord. So put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder because you're going to declare that they can hear from the Lord this morning. It says in Matthew, Jesus was talking to the people and he taught them and he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So God, we just declare, you pray over your neighbor, that they will hear from heaven this morning. God, we do. We just declare that our ears would be able to hear what the spirit of the living God is saying. That there would be such a clarity in thought, that our mind would be fixed on Jesus, that our eyes would be so focused on him that nothing could distract us from your word being spoken to us this morning. We ask you, God, that as we hunger and thirst for you, that you will fill us afresh and anew this morning. We thank you for your word. It's powerful, God, and we recognize the power that your word contains, and we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. You can stay up here and um, cheer every once in a while. I want to ask you a question this morning. When you think about God, what do you think about? Just take a moment and think about him. Now, you might be thinking about, you could be thinking about Baal or Ashtoreth, but I don't think you are. I think you're thinking about Jehovah, God. He is Elion, the Most High God. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-sufficient. He is the great I Am. Amen? Hallelujah. And being all those things, he created. He spoke a word and created the universe and everything in it. And it was so good. Amen? And then he formed mankind. It didn't say that he spoke a word and created man. It said he formed him. Genesis 2, 7, it says, and the Lord God formed man. Formed man. There it is right up there. He formed man of the dust of the ground. Different than anything else. And it was very good, he said. Oh, the wonder of it. The wonder of it. And then he planned and sent his son Jesus for us. Awesome. In fact, he did that even before creation. It's so amazing. Uh, in, when you read the story, one thing that, that you don't like about the story is what happened in the garden. Satan entered the picture. Yuck. Not good. He brought evil and death with him, unfortunately. On the one side, you have Jesus, who is life. On the other side, you have Satan, who is death. You have Jesus, who is a life-giving spirit, who is the spirit of life. And on the other side, you have the enemy, who is the spirit of death. In John 10.10, 10, 
The Bible describes it this way. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That's a pretty good verse. All of that, from the very first moment of creation, all the way till the last trumpet sounds. All of it. He did all, all that God did and all that we have from him. It's all because of grace. It's all because of grace. When I say the word grace, tell me what you think about Typically, we see grace in relationship to our salvation. He gave us grace and we were saved and we were forgiven. But there's so much more to grace. I want you to think about the empowerment of grace. The empowerment of grace. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6 through 8, it says, Here's the secret. The gospel of grace has made you non-Jewish believers, that's all of us, into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him. And now you've become members of his body, one with the anointed one. Hallelujah. And verse 7 and 8 says, I have been made a messenger of this wonderful news by the gift of grace that works through me. Though I am the least of all his holy believers, this grace gift was imparted to me when the manifestation of his power came upon me, then it says, grace alone empowers me. Grace alone empowers me. So that I can preach boldly this wonderful message. Hallelujah. Grace alone empowers me. So we want to talk this morning about the empowerment of grace. What is that? I want you to look at at, at least one Verses, a key verse. It's in Acts chapter 13, verse 43. It says, When the meeting had finally broken up, many of those in attendance, both Jews and converts to Judaism, tagged along with Paul and Barnabas, who continued to persuade them to go deeper in their understanding of God's grace. To go deeper in their understanding of God's grace. I want to take you a little deeper into your understanding of God's grace this morning. Think about grace for a little while. The Apostle Paul experienced grace firsthand. He was a hard-working, energetic person. He traveled extensively. He preached everywhere he went. He was a tin maker. He earned his living that way. But during his ministry trips, Paul experienced many difficulties, many hardships. Look at this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Starting in verse 23. Are they sermons of Christ? I am more. With far more extensive and abundant labors. And far more imprisonments. And beating with countless stripes. And frequently at the point of death. Five times I received from the hands of the Jews. Forty lashes they won. Three times I have been beaten with art rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was aboard a ship that wrecked at sea. All night and a whole day I have spent adrift in the deep. Many times on journeys, exposed to perils from rivers, perils from bandits, perils from my own nation, perils from the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in desert places, I thought of perils. Perils in the sea, perils from those posing as believers, but destitute of Christian knowledge, in toils and in hardship, watching often through sleepless nights, 
in hunger and thirst, frequently driven to fasting by want, in cold and exposure and lack of clothing. I mean, this guy had it tough, didn't he? I mean, I can't even, I can't list, I don't think I could list one of those things that's happened to me. Paul had it tough. And how did Paul survive these hardships? Paul had tapped into some kind of supernatural power that enabled him to minister even in the midst of hardships. Even in the midst of shipwrecks, deprivations, stripes, perils, all kinds of things that we read about. And something supernatural was going on in his life. And what was it? It was God's grace. God's grace. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, Paul says this, But God's amazing grace has made me who I am. But God's amazing grace has made me who I am. And his grace to me was not fruitful, fruitless. In fact, I worked harder than all the rest. Yet not in my own strength, but in God's. For his empowering grace is poured out on me. For his empowering grace is poured out on me. Wow. Grace is what gave Paul the strength to minister in the midst of trials. Grace is why his body was healed and made whole after every brush with death. Think about when Paul was stoned for a second in Acts chapter 14. He'd been preaching and the Jews in Lystra rose up against him and stoned him. And they dragged his body out of the city and left him for dead. The disciples gathered around him and Paul stood up totally well. I don't know about you, but I don't think stoning is anything to mess with. Then Paul took Barnabas and they went down to Derby and preached the gospel with power. When you read that story, you might think, well, how in the world did Paul, getting stoned to apparent death, to the, what the Jews thought, he was dead. How did he get up, traveled immediately to another city and preached the gospel? Hmm. Because of grace. Because of grace. That's the only answer. It not only defeats the law of sin and death in our lives, but it saturates believers with the ability to remain physically strong and healthy. Grace is a supernatural power. A supernatural power that empowers us to work every kind of sign and wonder in the kingdom. Stephen's ministry is proof of that. In the Bible in Acts chapter 6, Verse 8, it says, Stephen, full of grace. Stephen, full of grace. Full of grace and power. Worked great wonders and signs and miracles among the people. He was full of grace. He walked in the power of grace. He was full of grace and enabled him to do astounding things. Astonishing miracles, signs and wonders. Hmm. And then we read about Paul in Acts chapter 14. It says, now Paul in verse 1 now Paul, or <clears throat> now at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went into the Jewish synagogue together and they spoke with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed and became Christians. So Paul and Barnabas stayed there for a long time, speaking fearly, freely and fearlessly and boldly in the Lord, who continued to bear testimony to the word of his grace, to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be performed by their hands. See, the more grace that you appropriate, the more miracle-working power and authority you possess to bring life and to destroy 
the devil, to destroy sickness, to destroy death. Don't forget, remember what the Bible said to Zerubbabel? He said, bring forth the finishing cornerstone in 4-7 of the new temple with shouting, loud shoutings of the people saying, grace, grace to it. Hallelujah. That same grace that Zerubbabel saw can turn your mountain into a flat plain. Hmm. The more that you learn about grace, the more an appropriate grace is power, the more healing you will experience, the more you will move in signs and wonders and miracles like Stephen did and display the glory of God everywhere you go. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. Hmm. In Jesus' death, he fulfilled the requirements of the law. He did that for you and he did that for me. In the process, he stripped away all, underline that little word, all of Satan's power. He took it away. He defeated him. It wasn't just a conflict. It was the end of the war. He was defeated. He was defeated. And grace is the means by which we can partake of that victory. God's grace. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For by grace, for by grace you are saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any one of you should boast. The word that's translated saved in that verse is the Greek word zoe. And it means to sozo, and it means to, to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to make whole. It just covers everything you need. For by grace you are made whole. For by grace you are healed. For by grace you are saved. For by grace, by grace. Your salvation includes healing for your body, deliverance from the enemy, preservation, I got it, from death's decay and the ability to make whole and healthy, to be made whole and healthy. It's beyond our comprehension, really, to understand all that God did for us in Jesus. But one thing is for sure. The only way that you can appropriate anything that he did is by grace. It's by grace. It, it's the means by which God transmits, by the means by which he imparts or conveys everything to us. It's the means by which he, he gives us power in every part of our lives. Grace. Grace. Grace, as it were, a door into the power of the, of the cross of Jesus. Everything that we have from God is by grace. It's by grace. Hmm. It's impossible, you know, for you to keep the whole law, right? Anybody try? You can't do it. But God's grace supersedes it for you. Paul explained it this way. He said in Romans chapter 5, verse 20, then the law came in only to expand and increase the trespass making it more apparent and exciting opposition. But where grace increased and abounded, grace has surpassed it and increased more and superabounded. I like that word, superabounded. Yeah, it's, it, it can't, it, that word 
the Greek in that word, I don't know the Greek word, but the Greek word, take my word for it, the Greek word. It can't be translated into English with just one word. It's kind of like the word in Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly abundantly above all. Just way above anything you could imagine. It's super abounded. It abounded above all. Where sin increased, Paul said, grace increased all the more and super abounded. Hallelujah. It's like the experience of a man I read about. His name was Mel Trotter. And he was such a great influence for Christ in Chicago. And in fact, the entire nation during his life. He was an alcoholic who had fallen into great, uh, great low. So that even on the evening that he came into the Pacific Garden Mission, he came with the shoes on that he stole from his daughter's feet when she lay in a coffin. So wondrous was the effect of God's marvelous grace in Mel's life. That he received Christ. And he went on. And in eight years, he was ordained into the ministry. And now, and since then, he had established 67 Pacific Garden Mission establishments all across the nation. Where, great, where sin increased, grace super increased. It super abounded. There's always more grace. No matter how great the sin you've committed is. God's grace is greater. It's bigger. There's no one beyond the grace of Christ. Satan might use the things that have happened in your life, things you've done, maybe even small sins, to intimidate you. You can bet your, well, you can bet anything you want. But at the moment that you sinned, Satan takes advantage of that says I saw what you did that was wrong you're going never going to make it and all kinds of other things but when you have access to God's love to his unearned grace you can immediately shut Satan down just repent of your sin and say when my sin increased and abounded grace increased even more it's super abounded in my life. In Romans 6.14 it says. For when sin. For sin shall not exert dominion. Over you. Any longer. Since now you are not under the law. But you are under grace. You are under grace. You are subject of God's mercy. And favor. Hmm. The, enemy might, the enemy might use the weakness. Of your flesh at times. To, to intimidate you might use it to in, to exert a legal influence over you to bring sickness and disease on you. But Christ purchased your freedom. He purchased your freedom. You are no longer slaves. But you are subjects of God's unmerited grace. And that truth puts a stop to Satan. Puts a stop to his attacks. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's through his grace. And it's through faith that we have access into the grace of God. In which we firmly stand in Romans 5 two, We have access into his grace in which we firmly stand. I'm not moved by what the enemy does. I'm standing firmly in the grace of God. 
through that truth, because of that kind of truth, we can shut down the enemy's attacks. It says in Romans 5.17, this one's a good verse. It says, for because of one man's trespass or offense, death reigns through that one. Much more will those who receive God's overflowing grace reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. When you receive his overflowing grace, you can reign as kings in life. Victors in every circumstance. From the moment that Adam sinned, death ruled. Satan's power ruled, but Jesus came and broke that power. It says in the verse, 1 Corinthians 15, that Jesus came as a life-giving spirit. He gives life to us, abundant life. And because of his grace, we can reign in life. We can reign in life. We are no longer bound by the spirit of death. God's grace in, is what releases to us all of God's blessing. John 1, 16 and 17, just when John is introducing the fact that Jesus came, he said, for out of his fullness, out of his abundance, we have all received one grace after another. With spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Wow. For while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The power of grace, blessing upon blessing, gift upon gift, favor upon favor is heaped upon you in Jesus. And it can restore you from the all the attacks of the enemy. So stay close to grace. In Romans chapter 4, Paul does an a argument between works and grace. And he said, if, it's, if you're going to go with works, you've got to go with works altogether. If you're going to go with grace, it's grace altogether. It can't be both. You can't be both. It's grace. Grace. So many times we get saved by grace, but then we kind of forget grace. Kind of like what the Galatians experienced. Have you, have you been saved by grace? Are you now being made perfect by the law? No. It's by grace. All by grace. We desperately need to hang on to grace. Hang on to what God has done for us. Hang on to grace's power to heal and to bring us victory. The enemy will never quit accusing us of breaking the law. I know that for sure. He will accuse you of stuff you didn't even realize you did until he says something. He tries to use it as legal grounds to put death on us. How do you, dis- how do you-, how do you stop that cycle? You stay in grace. You stay in grace. You keep going back to grace, studying it, growing in it, and decreeing grace scriptures over yourself. The enemy then won't find any opening to attack you. Grace will always superabound. Superabound in your life. That's why you must never stop trusting God's grace. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, Paul said, I do not treat God's grace gift as something of minor importance and defeat its very purpose. I do not set aside or invalidate or frustrate or nullify the grace 
of God. For if justification comes through the law, then Christ died groundlessly and of no purpose and in vain. The very purpose of grace is to trump the law, to supersede the law, to show us that we can't be made righteous by the law. It's all by grace. It's all by grace. All by grace. Because Galatians 5 forces, if you seek to be justified and declared righteous and to be given a right standing with God through the law, then you are brought to nothing and you are separated from Christ. Can't be the law. It has to be grace. You're saved by grace and you're sustained by grace. And faith is what activates God's grace in your life. Maybe you think, well, I don't have enough faith for that. Then grow your faith. In Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So stay in the word. Stay in grace. As you continue to study grace, grow in grace. Decree grace scriptures. Your faith to believe in grace will grow too. And even more grace will be released into your life. Super abundant grace. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I have some some scripture. I need um, Mike. Would you pass these out? And um, Jason, would you pass them out? These are these are uh, just some scriptures on grace, just to meditate on, to. Um, Well, on to think about. There's so many good scriptures in the Bible about grace because grace is what God has given us, sustains us, fulfills us. Um, then I have some grace decrees and healing commands. Somebody over here want to pass them out? Abigail, you want to take that side? So you get two pages, one with scriptures and one with grace decrees. Stay in grace. God's grace to cover you, to flow over you, let it superabound in your life. Everything that we have and are is by His grace. Let's stand together. you Lord Lord we thank you so much for your grace so abundant so free so it's just amazing Lord when we think about 
You're the God of everything. You have need of nothing, and yet you created us, and you shared your grace with us so that we could live in relationship with you. We praise you and we worship you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that it covers us, protects us, empowers us in your kingdom. Thank you so much. We receive your grace today. Receive your grace today. Super abundant, powerful grace into our lives. We stand before you covered in grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hand in your heart this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in his grace today.